everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. And this is so exciting. We are here for episode two of our On Friendship series that we just started last month. And uh, this is where our very good friend, Elisa from Best Forever's Pod is here. And we're talking about a Hallmark movie that has friendship themes. And uh, it's really fun. And Elisa, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. You know, I love to talk well, in general, but also <laughs> to talk about friendships in, in Hallmark movies. This is yeah. so fun. And this movie this time, you know, there's a really important reason why I, I was excited about this movie, and that is the person who starred in it. So Yes. So we're actually talking about the Hallmark Hall of Fame film from 2004, back when we were grown-ups. And this is one I had not seen, so I was taking a little bit of a risk, but <laughs> I just was so sure that it would be good when <laughs> it's based on an Ann Tyler novel. She's a Pulitzer Prize winner. Uh, it stars an incredible cast with Blythe Danner, Faye Dunaway, Peter Fonda, Jack Pellance, Ioni Sky. <laughs> I mean, the list goes on and on. <laughs> and, uh, and so... I just figured, why not? And I was kind of hoping when I saw it that it would be kind of like Hallmark's version of the big chill kind of and be that yeah. kind of friendship story. And it's not really, <laughs> but, and it's kind of a nutty movie. It's, yeah. it's sort of, I would say it's sort of hit and miss in the end. Mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, but I, I did read the, actually, I, I listened to the novel Mm -hmm. this week and I think I liked the novel better which yeah. is usually the case but I, I think mainly because <laughs> I will talk more about it but Peter Fonda in this movie was did you think he was just gonna like murder everybody he was so <laughs> he was a little strange and yeah. I think for me because it's it's for on um, friendship right and so yeah. like you know, I was thinking, okay, so we're going to have maybe friendships later in life or, you know, something like that. And I think that part was really hit or miss, as you said, and the movie was kind of hit or miss, as we'll talk about. But I think really what it showcased with him is that he had difficulties making relationships, no matter what type of relationship it was. Mm -hmm. And he's certainly someone who could have used friends, but he was <laughs> at the very least socially awkward at <laughs> the most a serial killer <laughs> <laughs> and I think when I'm reading about him in the book I'm able to kind of temper that you know and yeah, make him yeah. like a normal human but he, he was strange <laughs> and it was just like you know and everyone has their stuff right we all have idiosyncrasies and so it's not a judgment per se it's just one of the things that Hallmark movies are about are about relationships right and yeah. so it just was off-putting, I think, for me, for someone to consistently have difficulty interacting with people. Because usually you might see something where they have difficulty, there's some sort of conflict or something that sort of changes it. Maybe they hit, maybe not so rock bottom, but like a hallmark rock bottom, you know, and then they figure their way out, you know, and that's, he was just consistently awkward through the whole thing. It's like he learned... <laughs> nothing <laughs> you're right and they would show him as a younger person and it was yeah. like 
still serial killer like he's still <laughs> in the like, making in the making good move on her part of uh yeah. even though they the the flashbacks to her actual husband he was also just a little creepy but less creepy he was more fun <laughs> fun to creepy but like and he's like standing there outside the window like why are you staring at me like what's going on but because he was better than the other guy grass is always greener but everyone's grass was dead (laughs) and it wasn't really like the normal kind of on the spectrum kind of social awkwardness it was like a I don't know it was kind of controlling and like make sure you wear this kind of clothing and it it was just so strange but he seemed to me just uh before I forget (laughs) just unwilling to change or reflect or anything and I think that's why I was said that he was consistently that way like yeah learned anything right and so I think that was part of the, the, the issue problem. was that he was unwilling to change and in our life there's so many ebbs and flows that we have to have the ability to reflect on our communication our interaction with other people what we might have contributed to a situation how we might be able to make adjustments like we don't constantly stay the same and in some cases we might need to make bigger changes than at other times in our life and he just was always the same person yeah, and I think that is going to lead him. If we were to talk about where he was at after the movie, I would say he's in the same spot. Like I don't, and I would say that his daughter probably still doesn't talk to him. He's probably not remarried. Like I just think that he is someone who absolutely has difficulty making friendships and making connections with other people, but seemed unwilling to make yeah. it happen in, in any sort of way <laughs> if the the main idea of this movie i actually do like I, mm-hmm. the idea of this person she's 53 because this movie was made in 2004 mm-hmm. and it stars blake danner uh, and oh, can plays, i just pause for a yeah. second so i just don't repeat it over and over and over and over again <laughs> i love her so yeah. much so, i i do too and you know my grandma just passed away a couple weeks ago and and Blythe Danner's character in this movie really reminded me a lot of my grandma. Uh, the way that she was always trying to keep everybody happy yeah. and the way that she would, you know, sort of throw these theme parties. And that was something yeah. big my grandma would do. Mm-hmm. Like she, she would have like Easter parties where she was really known for. And yeah. she would make these Easter baskets with it. Like she would have everything be yellow and, yeah. and she would make ones for the girls and one for the boys. And she'd have like a yellow like brush and a yellow for for the girls you know and and whatever and she really enjoyed stuff like that she 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 was just she just was somebody that everybody adored which was i guess the difference between this movie where they don't even like her very much it seems like um i I sure hope like watching it and seeing you know some of your grandma in her that uh, hopefully watching it was kind of like a little little hug if you will from grandma yeah i definitely teared up a number of times but she was somebody who uh who was you know hard on herself that she didn't feel like she was the the best mother in the world and she she was just telling me she didn't go to church on mother's day because she would feel so guilty 
And even though everybody adored her and she was just beloved, uh, and so I kind of related to seeing uh, Blythe Danner's character. And the idea is she's sort of thinking back on her life and thinking about the choices that she made when she decided to marry this man that had three children and uh, this man, Joe, and how, uh, how she, uh, gave up some of her friendships, gave up some of her other, she didn't end up finishing school, you know, things that happened to her in her life. And, uh, and so I think that, that part of it, that part of the conflict, I think was, was really good. That I like yeah. a lot. I, now I didn't know it was a, a book until you told me. And so I did kind of like some quick searches while I was watching it about like, who people were like character names just to be sure I was following correctly things like that uh-huh. and um one of the web pages I found said that the first line of the book says quote once upon a time there was a woman who discovered she had turned into the wrong person end quote mm-hmm. and so I kind of took that from the book and thinking about what I was watching and truly felt like this where she was trying to understand how she gotten from the age of 20 to where she was at this point and and I really appreciate this idea that I mean some people call it like the midlife crisis like 53 I guess 15 years ago might have been the time for midlife crisis you know like people kind of talk about that you know maybe that happens when you turn 50 maybe when you turn 40 people start to have these thoughts but it just starts to seem like what is, what is the point? Like, it, you know, her husband has passed away in a car accident and she's still living with his father in their house, running their business and uh, doing all these things for his children. And, and I'm saying all that because I think she's questioning all of that. And so the movie is like a journey about figuring out who she is, and did she in fact turn into quote unquote the wrong person yeah which i think is a very interesting discussion and i think like danner does a really good job playing rebecca and mm-hmm. uh, you definitely it's very easy to relate to that feeling because i think everybody has sort of a fear that they are going to be forgotten mm-hmm. that their life isn't going to matter uh, i think that's a really human experience oh, yeah. and maybe partly is because we probably aren't you know we probably are going to be forgotten in the grand scheme of things i mean i know but we all cry ourselves to bed tonight yeah (laughs) but i mean how many of us are george washington's and you know these kinds of things like most of us just lead these simple lives and and uh but you still have that fear and you at least want to be remembered by the people that you made sacrifices for and that uh, you want to be remembered by the people who should remember you. <laughs> that exactly. Makes sense. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and so let's talk about this family. So we have uh, we have Blythe Danner playing Rebecca, yes. and like you said, she is this party planner. She kind of inherited the job from the uh, from her uh, from her husband's family. Mm-hmm. It's open, uh, open hearts or open arms, open arms, open arms. Sorry. And, uh, yeah, it was kind of weird. Cause some of those parties felt like, shouldn't they be doing them in the person, 
in the person's house. Like if I was going to have a graduation party, like it was really cute, but yeah. I wouldn't want to go to another house. Yeah. That was weird. Like the wedding made sense because you have weddings at venues. But well, and there was also like a, an engagement party. It was like a picnic. That seemed fine. You know, yeah. like, it's like a different cute idea. But yeah, and I was like, well, they got to keep it. This is the house they have. This is where they're filming. Right. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, everything takes place here except the dinner and the picnic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so she married Joe, mm-hmm. uh, and who we see in flashback only. Yep. Uh, and when she was in her early 20s, and she had been dating will mm-hmm. uh By peter fonda <laughs> yeah and as an older man and uh she she chose to be with joe instead of to be with will and joe had three daughters so she has one daughter uh and it's the the names yeah i can't deal with these names <laughs> Uh, anyone listening i apologize if you have these names uh but i just i mean i just can't understand why a white woman with brown hair is named minfu it just it really was like what yeah i don't know there yeah there was some questionable choices <laughs> in naming There's Maybe no- it happened in the 60s and 70s and as i've heard that was a time where people made choices under influence, perhaps. I don't know. Because <laughs> yeah. you had no Minfu, you had Nono. Which, for the first five minutes, I thought was Nona. And I was like, that's okay. And then I was like, oh, no, her name is literally Nono. <laughs> like, they sound like names that you give, like, a toddler. But then, like, once yeah. you're an established adult, you need to kind of have a real name. Like, So, Patch is not an adult name. <laughs> no. And then there's Patch, and then there's Biddy. Which oh. I guess is the most normal, most normal of... Well, I don't want to say normal. Most common name. Something yeah. I've heard of before. Right. And I was just like, uh, what is going on with these names? I hated the names. I mean, and I... <laughs> I have, we have some different names in my family. Like, yeah, his name Sparrow. Yeah. And so I don't have any problem with creative names, but I don't know. Just like, like I said, these were just, it was, I don't know. I felt like Ann Tyler, like, what were you doing? <laughs> like, picking num- <laughs> words out of a jar or something? Like, what is going on? Was with there these any discussion in the book about the names? <sighs> no not really they <laughs> i can't remember they how they ended up with minfu i can't remember but yeah yeah so That's, yeah not not typically not what you would expect we'll just say yeah that. there you go so basically these different daughters that so no no <laughs> so no no is getting married mm-hmm. at the beginning of the movie to a man named barry and he has a Barry has a son named Peter, and that was I thought that the relationship between Rebecca and Peter was one of the sweeter. Yes, I like that was really cool relationship. Yeah, because uh, 
he, you know, sort of resentful about having a new stepmom. And obviously that's something that she can relate to. And, and yeah. this no-no is such a, she's just, she was kind of the worst. I mean, she was so <laughs> selfish. I yeah. mean, she's like, she's complaining after, after being married for about a month or two. And she's like, you would have no idea what it's like to be investing all of your energy into a child. That's not even your own. She says something like that. And you're like, hello, what is wrong with you? Like she literally raised three children that were her own. I'm like, think about your audience. (laughs) Uh, And uh and yeah so she's getting married and then minfu is pregnant this is her oh and i just i discovered i brought up imdb again her min is short for minerva minerva yeah okay so it's short where the foo came from a married name perhaps yeah because she had three husbands so maybe because she has one uh she has one child that's uh that's black and one child that's white and now she's a baby on the way yeah and now she has a baby on the way with a man named keem and mm-hmm. she ends up naming the baby abdul mm-hmm. and they seemed all fine with all that which is cool yeah like there wasn't there wasn't any part of the plot like they were more concerned about the fact that she'd been married three times than the fact that she yes uh, different races that was not a part of the plot so that was no, cool and, and i don't think they spent a lot of time on that i thought there was other things where i was like whoa 2004 we were gonna do that okay we're gonna say that no yeah that. <laughs> yeah there were a couple parts where i was like Ugh, but they all came from peter fonda's character yeah, but, there was so. uh yeah so then there's biddy mm-hmm. who is a chef kind of maybe i'm not really sure i don't know it was weird she was always cooking weird yeah. stuff and yeah, like way snails too close to each other too like it was hard to distinguish between the sisters yeah they did look quite a bit alike and then there was a weird thing about her husband being gay that was weird yeah they never really explained that <laughs> yeah she was like troy's gay but we still get along just great i'm like what, <laughs> what? super uh, <laughs> yeah i know i kind of was like did i miss something <laughs> i thought i missed something like really important and maybe we did maybe it was lost in translation of some sort it was the early 2000s a different time yeah i guess i guess where everyone had a gay husband i don't really know what that was about probably it was very trendy in 2004 apparently (laughs) (laughs) uh but yeah i really kind of hated all of these women they were just so selfish and so and i the the thing about it was that they were adults right so these are folks who are getting married they're having children they have jobs which seem to be tied into the open arms business um and so like the blythe danner's character rebecca had been around for decades at this point like as long longer than those adult children it seemed or like at least it's soon into their life right yeah i mean they They looked like they were all under certainly all under 10 years old for sure yeah when when she married joe and so it's like i would expect peter who was a child right he's 
his uh, new mom is going to be no-no after the, like, the marriage, right? And so, Mm -hmm. like, Peter is, what, 10 years old? So kind of like the same, I mean, it's supposed to be parallel, I think, or at least that's how it came across to me. Mm -hmm. And I would expect Peter to be disinterested in his new mom or having difficulties with that. But this lady's been around you for decades and you treat her like she's just like an annoyance. Like, yeah, they were so disrespectful to her, in my opinion. Like they didn't want to do family stuff that she had planned, like an engagement party. They didn't made fun of her because she often like it's a party planning business. And so it seems like the family did a lot of toasting. And so they make fun of her toast and things like that. And I was like, oh, my God, like that seems to be something that's like a tradition and they had photos of it. And although Will played by Peter Fonda thought it was kind of strange. It's one of those things where I was like, that's kind of a cool family tradition. Right. Would miss if Rebecca was no longer there, but they acted like maybe they're just taking her for granted. But at the same time, I would expect them to have already gone through those feelings of not being interested in their stepmom and getting beyond it. Like you're 30 something, you're, you're 40, like get over it. I don't, it's not like yeah. they have continuous I, conflict. Like I mean, she would really exciting. be, she would be the major parent that they would even remember. Let's be honest. I mean, yeah. how much do you remember of what happened before you were 10? Like we really don't, I mean, they would have memories yeah, of here and there, but like, yeah, yeah it's like, moments or birthdays or it's because of photos you know things like that and especially with them having like rocky relationships you'd think that they would be way more sort of empathetic and understanding and uh yeah it's like the the when the von trapp kids were bratty but like they never grew out of it like what (laughs) and uh, Even Peter, the 10-year-old, grew faster. He grew, like, <laughs> almost the most in this whole movie, and he's a, he's a child. He is a minor. Right. He's not even a tween yet. <laughs> right. Like, uh, towards the end, like you're saying with the toast, she yeah. does a sweet toast to Poppy, the Jack Plant's character, and, yeah. uh, and Patch says another one of those everlasting rhymes of hers. And it's like... What is I, wrong with you? And also, it's like... People can hear you. Talk smack about it later, I guess. I don't know. Or maybe just be like, if she didn't do the toaster, you're going to be like, well, and then she didn't do anything for Poppy at his birthday. Like, ah. Yeah. It's like, be appreciative for the people. It doesn't seem like, from what I gather from the movie, Rebecca was trying to figure out how she gotten from 20 years old to where she is now. But she she did seem to maybe have some moments that we saw in flashbacks. But in general, it didn't seem like they had any true beef with each other, other than maybe growing pains of yeah a new mother. And you know, Faye Dunaway, who's their their biological mother in this movie, maybe doesn't exactly help situation. Like they call Faye Dunaway mother, but like they don't sort of address why Danner as their stepmom in any certain way. They seem much more excited to see Faye Dunaway and get gifts and all this kind of stuff. And then sort of the gift, what does she, she gets Bly Danner an apron and she's wearing an apron and it's like, hey, cool, an apron. She goes, wanted to get you something practical. Like 
she has nothing in her life besides running this family's business yeah. and she's Beyond practical yeah. married into this business yeah and her husband has passed away <laughs> well yeah oh, so gosh. let's talk about uh the uh let's talk about uh faye dunaway character she in there is a kind of a grand tradition of hallmark movies where they advertise famous people that are just in the movie for like five minutes yeah uh, so <laughs> um, <Faye> Dunaway? <laughs> yeah so faye dunaway would be an example here yeah. of this and she comes in she's the mother of the three girls and uh, the uh, i think it's uh min fu the one that's actually rebecca's daughter yeah. says so calls her calls faye dunaway character mother and yeah. her companion is uh is like that's not your mother like, yeah it was so awkward and faye dunaway's uh, like i've always thought of you as a fourth daughter and so and then bly danner's like why am i even here <laughs> yeah my own child is even my own child <laughs> oh and it's like well yeah i guess some people are fast and loose with the whole mother name and yeah. I've always, I have to, I mean, I'm not married. So like, Either I, I. yeah. And so, but I've always thought it was really awkward when people call their mother-in-law, yeah. their mom. I don't know. I just, I know a lot of people do it. And a lot of people listening are like, oh, I totally do that. And that's totally, you know, and maybe I will once I, once I, if I ever get married, but it's always it's just sort of been like. For some people, like, yeah. if you have good relationships, but if it feels like kind of a chilly connection and being like hi dad and you're like ah. <laughs> but like for some people it's much more natural they yeah. have a great relationship you know those sorts of things so yeah. and it's and, and the thing about it is people listening probably all started when it felt right or when they were asked to or like no don't call me carol call me you know whatever mm -hmm. um you know, so it, it probably all happens naturally yeah. and organically in that relationship somehow. But yeah, I can imagine, like I've observed as a third person watching people call like mother and father-in-law's mom and dad and stuff like that. And it can be kind of awkward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you ever, uh, like in your, in your communications classes, things, what do you think are like the special dynamics with blended families that make things challenging? Well, I think it's, there's these feelings of like, uh, you're not actually my mom or not actually my dad. And so trying to step in when they do have both their biological or their caregivers, their parents, whoever they might be to them, that um, if there is some sort of separation and then you have step family, it's like for the child, it's really difficult because you have, if you know, wherever Faye Dunaway is, they're going to her house and then they're going to their dad's house, you know. So there's a lot of things and you have to like create in some ways a new family dynamic with blended families. And that can be pretty challenging because uh, based on the age of the kids, how the relationship started and how, you know, where people stand, where the other parent uh, feels about everything, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I think there's a lot of moving parts and I think that, you know, there are a lot of parents who do the absolute best they can and are really doing, you know, a bang up job in the sense of like, 
you know, talking about it, working together, but that's going to be really difficult because it's also like you're stepping in and there's so many, one of the things I do appreciate is that there are so many, okay, this is when like social media is really good. When people post videos and I just saw it for like Father's Day where a stepfather is the Father's Day gift is wanting to be adopted by him. You know, like that stuff is so wonderful mm-hmm. because that person has stepped into a role that perhaps they didn't have and didn't feel that love. And it's amazing. And, and so those are people who are doing it right, you know, but it is super challenging. Um, I could, this, we could talk about so many topics, but it's, it's going to be very difficult. Um, and, and a lot of times I think people can feel like, they're not involved or they don't have a say because they're, well, I'm not actually their mom or dad. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, and in fairness, every family has challenges every, yeah, and, for and, sure. and, and so you, you know, you, so many of them do it and do it well. I just feel bad for particularly for stepmoms because they get the raw end of the deal as far as media. Like they're yeah. always portrayed as like, oh, yeah. like, have you seen a Disney movie? Like <laughs> evil stepmom? I mean, yeah. You can't you don't tell. Any further than Cinderella to be like, well, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, <laughs> so you got to love uh, uh, Sound of Music because it's like, oh, geez. That's <laughs> or I guess there's that movie with them, uh, Julia Roberts and uh, Susan Strand, and that one's pretty yep. good. Yeah, I enjoyed that movie. But yeah, I think that it shows so many challenges and in that case you know spoiler alert susan sarandon becomes sick and so she starts to realize that this is the person who will be in their kids lives and so working together to make that happen but but typically what's happening is that you know parents might get divorced or separated and then they they remarry or they have other relationships and so then you're managing different locations you know perhaps multiple layers of children and things like that and you know it's just I think like you made a good point like every family has a challenge and it's not to say that families that are intact is I think the academic term is um is because I don't want to use normal because I don't think that's appropriate but I think intact means like the original couple is married um and the children are all together and I just think that no matter what you know, it's really important to, to talk about what the expectations are. Like, even if you get married and you decide to have children together, you still want to talk about how you're going to raise those kids. It doesn't matter if they're, it's a blended family or not. There are certain things that you have to talk about to be more successful in that family. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, and the one thing I think this movie does show very well, is just sort of the messiness of family uh, that I definitely connect with that it's hard like especially when you have a bunch of strong-willed people that all have strong opinions about things and the way they like things and and yeah. sort of balancing that all out and making everybody happy and uh is 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 a tough challenge that i think uh i know a lot of families deal with and and uh making sure everyone's heard and yeah. it's 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 tough it's challenging well i also think this family in particular everything has been precisely the same for a very long time. Yeah. Like that business has been there. Everyone has sort of contributed to the poppy, his dad, Joe's dad, who, you know, has 
outlived his son because Joe died in a car accident. He's a hundred and he still lives in the house and he's very particular about the things. And in some cases, I think that might showcase that sometimes we might need to change it up a little bit. doesn't mean change everything, but we might need to do something a little different to sort of shake it up. Because if not, if we're in a rut, we're always doing the same thing over and over again. It's no wonder that Rebecca was wondering like, is this where I'm supposed to be? That's when we start having those sorts of questions, I think. And also it's just like, we don't take things, we'll continue to take things for granted if it's always exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah. They did. I, I, I just wanted anybody in the movie to say thank you to Rebecca. Like not everyone took her for granted except for Zeb. Zeb was like the shining star. He was like, like, right yeah joe's brother and like didn't you want them to get together i so wanted them to get together like is this the romance because you know there was gonna you know i thought there might be something in a and yeah that was actually kind of (laughs) disappointing like hey or like who was the guy who did all of like her the landscape guy i was like he seems pretty cool too (laughs) (laughs) but he was so young the landscape guy he was balding he can't have been that uh, Oh, maybe I'm thinking of the the uh, I'm thinking of the plumber guy. Okay, yeah, she had multiple people coming to like help around the house and that sort of thing. But there was one guy who I felt was kind of like did a lot of stuff. But he, she talked to him about the high school sweetheart, who's Will, played by Peter Fonda. Yeah. And, and so that's like the thing. She she's like she gets to the point where she thinks she's this wrong person or like, how did I get, get here? That she's going to, to ask questions of her high school sweetheart. And that's where we get the trouble, Peter Fonda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm going to just believe to myself that like eventually they end up, Zeb and yeah, Rebecca like, end up together because, because yeah. they had chemistry. I thought the actors had chemistry. I thought, yeah. I mean, she talks to him seemingly every single night she talks he to him was, he seemed to be truly her best friend in yeah movie. And, and he seemed to be the only one that noticed her or said thank you or cared about her at all aside from maybe or when she starts to feel like she's being erased and won't be remembered kind of like you were talking about before i feel like he's the one who's like no you're important to us you you belong yeah. here those sorts of things like he's the one that seems to have his finger on the pulse, so to speak, of understanding Blythe Danner mm-hmm. um, and just everything that's going on and what be, what might be needed in that situation. He just seems like he's a caring guy and he cares about this person because she's been part of his life for so long and is can appreciate everything she's done, but also is a really good communicator in the sense of he knows when to say things and sort of the right things to say to make her feel better. And that is someone who's good at social support. We're not always good at social support because I think that we're very particular individually. And unless we can tell someone precisely what we want, that person might never be very good at social support. And maybe Rebecca never indicated what she might need to feel supported but he certainly understands that. And that is very rare. Yeah. I loved him. He was the best. And uh, he, he kind of reminded me of, 
maybe not quite as funny, but he, he kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, Billy Crystal's character in When Harry Met Sally. Oh, yeah. Those two I mean, characters. Billy Crystal's got that comedian edge, but I yeah. yeah, totally. <laughs> but just the way, because they spent so much time talking on the phone in When Harry Met Sally, and that stuff. Oh, yeah. A lot of this dynamic is them talking on the phone and him and, and him kind of giving advice and her, you know, sort of venting a little bit to him. And uh, I think the, the social support that he reflects best is the emotional support because he listens to her. Uh-huh. I would say the esteem slash ego support because he makes her feel good about the decisions that she makes and then any informational support. So any advice he gives. Mm-hmm. So I would say he's probably best at emotional in esteem and then probably as like a secondary information yeah. so he but he did best. it well yeah. and that's like that's what social support is about you want to feel supported and most of us are considering how we think we want to get social support so that's what we have to provide to the other person mm-hmm. so that's not right we need to think about the type of social support that person needs that we can give them and we might not be able to give them the type of social support they need and that might be part of the problem is that None of the kids, or Poppy, or Will, <laughs> know how to provide social support to Rebecca. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing I would say is that just by and far, like, Zeb is, I would say, her closest friend. And she even mentions that, like, what happened to the friends that I had? She spent so much time focused on Joe and those kids that she missed out on having relationships, friendships. And I think that's what's critical. Something to pull out of this is terms as a friendship theme is that mm-hmm. our partners are important. Our family and our kids are important. But it's also important to have friendships because when the kids grow up and they, they move away and they start building their own families and things like that, or as we age and our partners pass away, mm-hmm friendship is always something that we need in life. And so to me, it's like throwing it completely aside once you get married or once you have kids, I Mm -hmm. think might be a choice that that could later have consequences. Maybe Mm -hmm. it won't, Mm -hmm. but I think it's one of those things that we always want to maintain our friendships or to continue looking for friendships. And Mm -hmm. Zeb mentions, um, she's like, I don't really have any friends. And he's like, I'm a friend. And he's like, you have puppy. (laughs) You know, he kind of mentions like, she's like, relatives aren't friends. And he says, relatives can be friends too. And I think that's true. Siblings can be friends. I think at certain point, parents and children can be friends, but it's also a different type. It's a blended friendship. You have family and friendship together. And I think that Rebecca's character could truly benefit from having friends that don't have anything to do with the business open arms and have nothing to do with the children or anything. yeah yeah that is one side of the family that she feels like she's not a member of at times yeah that is one difference between my grandma i mean there's lots of differences but in in this rebecca's character is my grandma made friends wherever she went yeah Uh, and and she had a she one of her best friends was the lady who did her hair every every couple weeks uh she and they went on trips together uh this lady her name's jerry and she would come yeah jerry for for years she would drive all the way from the uh from uh 
from the Bay Area from Walnut Creek all the way to in California, all the way to the Sacramento area, which is a couple wow. hours, and to do my grandma's hair for, for love it. years. That's and awesome. uh, yeah, and and my grandma also just became so close to her daughter-in-laws and mm-hmm. uh, and to her, you know, her daughter. Uh, but she would make friends everywhere she went. She had kind of yeah. her morning routine, and she became friends with everybody kind of on the routine. She would get her big gulp. She would, you know, do things. <laughs> uh, and there were just so many people like that. I remember when uh, she had a, a a best friend from from growing up that yeah they, they lived together. They lived on the same street for a while, as far as I understand. They worked for our family company uh, named Doris, and my grandma was so diligent when doris got sick of just every doctor's appointment every and you know, she's got to help doris and so my grandma was an amazing friend and she had me and yeah. friends and so but it is kind of easy i think to uh to not make that a priority and i definitely felt it as somebody who has mostly you know married friends mm-hmm. and it's so it's just so challenging yeah. to get together because not only do you have just such different lives, but you're just, you're like the, the practicality of your schedules yeah. is so different, you know, and it's convenient for, for me to get together, uh, in the evenings, on the weekends, that's yeah. when it's the most busy for them. And yeah. it can be yeah. very difficult to make everything work and to get together and, uh, you know, you just try your hardest to, yeah. to do that, but I don't know. It, it's, it's a challenge. Like being friendships as adults is, is hard. Yeah. It's hard. And the thing is that might be assuming going into a friend getting married or having kids that you're already friends with them. So it's challenging to manage that when your life is different than what your friends are now going through. Right. So I've yeah. been friends with, let's say my best friend, Kate, since we were in high school. And so she's married and has been for I think at least 10 years I would have to look at a calendar sorry I'm like what year is it when did you get married (laughs) um but yeah so like 10 years and then they have a kid and so her life you know I've been a part of it all along and so the one really cool thing about Kate is though is that is that you know it is challenging to be married and it's challenging to have kids it's challenging to have a kid with special needs and there's still that ability to work with her husband, um, with her schedule, with her mother, maybe um, taking the child for some time so that she can have one-on-one time with her husband, but also be able to spend some time with her friends. And But that might be different than now, where if I make a friend with someone who is about to get married or have a baby, that might yeah, be completely different. But nonetheless, there are challenges. And so you're exactly right. Schedules are different. And even if it's like, this is what I tell people, okay, even if you're like, okay, I can make a time for an afternoon for us to figure out what our schedule is going to be, right? Like one afternoon to figure out, maybe it it won't take long, maybe it'll take five minutes, maybe it'll take an hour, but figuring out schedules. And if the one thing that you have in common, for example, is that you go to the coffee shop to get coffee on the way to work or, you know, something like that. And you can swing at the same time. Even if you stand in line for five to 10 minutes, get your coffee, talk for a few minutes, you're still checking in with each other. Yeah. Or if it's like, I have a break at the time that you take lunch or that sort of thing, even 
you know, being able to text her a little bit. And I have a friend who commutes over an hour and that's when she's like, on this day, I talked to this friend and on this day, I talked to this friend. Mm -hmm. And so she um, does the hands-free talking on the phone while she's commuting. And I'm like, genius, right? And it's just one of those things where I think, you know, we have to be more creative, but I think it's important. And it's not saying you have to have 57 different friends and Mm -hmm. a partner and kids and and then, cause there, I mean, there's so much going on. Sometimes I'm like, I don't have kids or a partner. Sometimes I, I think I look at what people have to do. They post on Facebook and I'm like, I don't know how you do that. <laughs> <laughs> like, how do you make all the cupcakes for the class? And you have this thing for that kid and you have this made for that dinner and this thing for that. Like I'm in awe. <laughs> yeah, I know I, what you a, mean. It's a wonder I can clothe feed and get myself together and two cats <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I mean honestly you can find some friend time we have to. <laughs> yeah my my most friend reaction friend interaction these days is honestly with probably with the podcast I yeah. mean people like yourself people like yep. Uh, you know, people, Lisa and Casey and Caroline and obviously Amber, uh, you know, that I'm very good friends with and we really got to know each other. But then also I, I have like my friend, Jen, who's kind of my movie buddy. Mm-hmm. She's, uh, she goes to a lot of the screenings with me and we have so much fun with that. Um, yeah. you know, then there's friends that, that, that we just make it work one way or another, uh, that, uh, my friend, actually I have a really good friend named Rachel, uh, who, uh, she is, uh, she has three children now mm-hmm. and we, we did a book club for years with my, also with my cousin, Danielle, who I'm very good friends with, very close with. And so every couple of months we try to have a little brunch where the yeah. three of us will have brunch together mm-hmm. and uh and because danielle has you know she has two children and uh, and so it's it's just it's challenging but that's what we've been able to make work and that seems to be enough of a connection to kind of keep everything obviously i'm connected to my cousin but yeah you know it's one thing Forever. to be connected and to be a friend yeah but that seems to be enough to kind of keep things going but uh, and I, you know, then I have a couple other friends at church, a couple other things, uh, you, that I'm able to feel supported enough in my life. And, yeah. but it, it can be, it can be difficult. It can be hard. And, and, uh, I don't know. I just, in some ways I felt like these, especially these three adult women were kind of unrealistically cold. Like I, I just can't imagine, especially people that had been through multiple relationships most of them it seemed like uh had been married several times had been through things that i can't imagine being so clueless and so callous and i want to be like give me a reason like is what does she do to you at least in your eyes is it just simply she's not tina she's not my mom because like that's for eight-year-olds not for yeah 38 or 48 year olds. Yeah. Like I said, the Von Trapps grew up. They grew out of it. Yeah. I mean, Peter, again, the 10 year old was like the most open and growing person there was. And I just thought their friendship was great. He invited Rebecca to like their grandparents day. And 
and and she yeah, went, that was even sweet. though he, she wasn't. He goes, I know you're not actually my grandma, and I was just like, this is the stuff that makes the difference, right? Like he had a connection with her. She tried so hard to like do things with him when he was over and feed him and and like let's do an activity let's play scrabble and they talked and they connected mm -hmm. and and it seems like none of the adult children were willing to talk and connect with other people they saw everyone as a nuisance yeah the, i and agree I was just like yeah. other people are not a nuisance like okay we have annoying people in our life don't get me wrong i mean we've stopped talking about will but probably because he's that annoying person <laughs> yeah there were other parts of the movie that seemed like I kind of wondered if the director was going to go a certain way and yeah. then decided not, but there were still sort of remnants of that other way. Like for instance, when uh the when Nono is getting married, they announced that the, the one of their waiters is going to be doing the ceremony, and then there was this weird like <laughs> alternate reality thing with the waitress being weird but then it, once it came to the actual wedding it was like perfectly fine yeah you're like who's this person and that felt like, like nowhere else in the movie do we get this weird kind of i don't know <laughs> like i don't know what to call that sort of this alternate reality kind of like it's like she Nightmare had like a dream vision about like yeah <laughs> efficient being like a waitress or something yeah, like it was can like, i take your order please <laughs> instead of like the vows during the wedding <laughs> uh, and so it's after the wedding that she finally decides to call will mm -hmm. and uh and she has the conversation i think it is with zeb actually and she says if you were offered a trip on a time machine, would you take it? And it would be the future or the past? And she says, absolutely the future, because I want to know what's going to happen. Yeah. So what do you think, Lisa? Would you, if you had a chance to go on a time machine, would you take it and would you go forward or would you go back? Oh my goodness. I, <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like the, okay, I guess uh, with a condition, like, so if I take a time machine, that means I'm coming back to the present. Yeah, eventually, yeah. Okay. So you won't, be, you won't be stuck in the space-time continuum. Because I feel like in some ways she's like, I want the future because I want to know what happens. But then she goes to visit the past, who is Will, and that was problematic. But I, I just think mm -hmm. about like some special people in my life that are no longer with us and... Yeah to be able to go in the past and spend that time knowing that I still have this opportunity in the future to maintain and make other friendships. I think I would go in the past. Yeah. I mean, I always said I would go in the past just because in any episode of Doctor Who, going in the past is way better than going <laughs> forward. Well, I just like, I don't want to Future dystopians are always terrible. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to go into the future and realize that I am going to be living in <laughs> year for i mean yeah uh, a lot of people already are right like you know i don't want to go in the future and then come back and be like it was awful i right? mean i guess you could try if to I kind of help make that past, not happen but yeah but if i go to the past and it was awful i'll be like good thing that's over right yeah <laughs> i mean the future, sure i have to wait for that to happen and yeah <laughs> yeah i would definitely go in the past like and what for what you say as well about seeing people that you miss uh that are gone yeah. uh she gets ready for the date she goes on the date with will yeah. and, and he's just <laughs> odd from the very beginning uh he i guess he's 
he has been divorced and he's just it's just he's just strange he's a strange man um and we find out on the on the first date with will we find out that she lost joe when she was only 26 yeah so early on in their marriage yeah and according to her the girls had just adjusted to her existing in the family which is again a little surprising for kids that age six years but i mean if they're going through tweenhood slash teenage years i mean anything can happen (laughs) (laughs) Uh they didn't grow up they're the von tramps who didn't grow up (laughs) well the other thing that seemed crazy to me about will is that he was still bitter he was like i trusted you how dare you what you did to me back in college (laughs) what well they were high school sweethearts someone get me the stats immediately on how many high school sweethearts stay together i know there are many of you out there and yeah my best friend in high school is still with her high school sweetheart so amazing but i think the stats don't support it (laughs) (laughs) we need to be bitter that it didn't work out like uh, uh i totally was like yeah she should leave here because she might get murdered and like yeah. he's just so weird he, it was just a i had a couple thoughts about him one i was kind of surprised that he was a doctor i don't think we learn what kind of doctor he is he has a white coat on at some point so yeah like, okay um and i mean bedside manner would be absolutely horrendous so if he's in practice for himself is he at a hospital i had like many questions about that that's true because i thought he was a little too like i mean there's lots of doctors that don't have good bedside manner we talk about this a lot in communication like there's lots of things that you know doctors could do to enhance their ability to communicate with their patients and to listen and things like that there's lots of great doctors out there there's other ones that could probably take some of those tips he didn't seem like he would ever take tips nor learn from them or try to get better that he is stuck from whatever age he was 19 20 and he's never grown past that and and um, he's just he says he claims that oh i hit rock bottom when you called so i guess there was this this divorce was really brutal on him but yeah i don't know i just felt like she i think he says at dinner with rebecca that at just one point, the wife came home and said, I want you gone. He has a teenage daughter is very emo, very like, I hate everyone, including my dad, and I only do things if you get me cell phones. And so, like, she doesn't get along with him. His wife is gone. He's hit rock bottom. This person that apparently he never got over calls. Um, and it's like she's, someone's like, oh, this is great if you fell in love again or something like that. And she's like, well, I think we've fallen in fondness. And so... I don't think she ever saw Will as anything more than trying to understand what where her life got to where it was yeah. and to see him as friends. And then like he tries to kiss her and, and things like that. So awkward. It, it is. But then <laughs> she kind of says like, I don't think I'm going to see you again or in the future or anything like that. And he's like, well, here you go again. This is what you did last time. And so I feel like he was she was only she needed will to learn about who she was and that's unfortunate for will well and by the end of the movie i feel like she learned a lot about herself yeah because of him well by the end of the movie and 53 yeah she's like accepted kind of she's turned into the person that she was supposed to be yeah 
And that's what she kind of learns. You're, you're right about the experience with Will. She kind of realizes that, oh, yeah, I made the right choice. Joe was the one. Joe was the right choice. Or that she's fine where she is. And, and I kind yeah. of see it because, again, that quote said, once upon a time, there was a woman who discovered she had turned into the wrong person. Now, mm-hmm. you listen to the book. I haven't yet. But I kind of felt like this entire movie then ended up being a journey for Rebecca and being okay with where she was, maybe becoming her own friend and being supportive of herself and what she's done and the things that the people she's surrounded with. And, um, and that sometimes we just have to be okay with who we are. And I think Zeb says to her, don't do what you want to do, be who you want to be. And I think she realized she was that person Mm -hmm. perhaps that like, sometimes you can't go back. Like she chose Joe and this is her family and this is the thing she's doing, but there's still good things here, you know, and that we can all be appreciative of sort of our journey and who we are. And um, again, her daughters could be (laughs) a little less chilly to her. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Like, are there any moments where they've ever been, maybe they're just not sentimental folks. That could also be the case. And like, I guess no judgment there, but some people need that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. There's being symp- uh, sentimental and just being mean. I, yeah. I, I feel like you should treat people in your life. Not that you should baby and coddle people, but you should just say, thank you. Like you don't have to be ooey gooey about it. Just say, thanks. Thanks, Rebecca. Yeah. Thank that you was for nice of you. my engagement picnic. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you for planning my wedding. Thank you for yeah. my mom when my dad passed away five or six years into your marriage. Like, I mean, good gravy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I also, I did like the way in this movie that it, like I said, I like kind of the messiness of family life. And, yeah. and, and for instance, so they have this baby welcoming party which is kind of explained more in the book okay that uh that uh they uh that when they had she had her you know child that you know the baby baby abdul yeah was welcomed into the world yeah so but they started this whole tradition back when rebecca had the child that uh this baby welcoming kind of party that they would throw Mm -hmm. and because they're a they're a party planning you know company and whatever and and uh anyway but it's interrupted by poppy getting sick and by the uh one of the little kids getting stung by a bee and yeah. so there's oh, all yeah. this kind of trauma and that that all feels very real because you yeah. know that's just the way big families are it's the way that just nothing can go perfect one of my favorite i absolutely i love the movie uh, while you were sleeping yeah. one of my favorite lines in that movie is when uh, <laughs> father and son are talking and uh and he says uh the dad says you know you have those moments where everyone is happy and everybody's you know he's kind of waxing he's ex- and I just, uh, he says dad this is not that moment because <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, no. i even wrote that like she has will over for like a dinner Yes. And everything's like chaotic, right? And yeah. so like people are coming in and like the phone is ringing off the hook and there's the men coming in to fix the backyard or whatever. Like it's just like life. Like these things are always happening. And so do you ever just want a day where everything seems to go your way, but instead it's like, 
oh, we had a storm and the basement's flooded. So now we have to have these people over. And then I get in the car to go to the store and then this thing happens. And then this kid gets an ear infection. It's just like, it's like watching life as it exists. And I think, I think you're exactly right. I think that is really a highlight of this movie. And I think the other highlight is, I mean, Blythe Danner always and forever. But I feel like, her journey, like, we have to be okay with ourselves first before other people are going to be okay with us, I think. Mm-hmm. So, like, what do they say? It's so cheesy. You got to love yourself before other people will love you. But, I mean, it's there's true. some, there's, it's cheesy, but there's some truth to it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we have to figure things out. We have to figure out where our space is, where our place is, who our people are, um, what, and and I just like the line that Zeb, be what you want to be. Yeah, he uh, says you're fine the way you are. Yeah, yeah. And oh, I did think it was interesting too when she says, "When I was young, I wanted somebody other, and that's why I was drawn to Joe. Now yeah. I think the idea of being drawn to someone different is exhausting, and that that totally makes sense because she's with all these people all the time that are different, yeah. that are like mean and horrible." Yeah. And- <laughs> But there is, there are some people who are always, no matter what relationship they're in, might always be like, well, the grass would be greener over there. And then when you get on that grass and you're like, oh, the grass might be greener over there. So maybe if Joe, you know, it could very well be if she was still married to Joe and this movie existed, would she be questioning whether or not she should be married to him? You know what I mean? Or if they were divorced and she was starting a new relationship, would she be wondering about whether or not she should be back with Joe? Like there might just, we, I think there is this human nature of like the grass is always greener. It's like, no, here's the thing, people, we should be watering and tending to our own grass. (laughs) Cause those are the things solving problems and communicating in our own relationships is what's going to make that work. Right. Unless it's just a relationship that doesn't work, then, you know. If it's a toxic relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say, too. So after this, she ends up going over to to Will's house for this, like you said, this dinner with with his daughter. And I was personally, I know she was supposed to be kind of a rebel and whatever. I was totally team Beatrice. Like, (laughs) I loved it when she was like, you seem like, you seem nice. So I wonder if you know what kind of guy you're eating with. (laughs) <laughs> and he's just basically like lady you're you're dating a perv and she actually said that i oh, was like yeah i kind of agree so <laughs> yeah like you know i think he's just those are the relationships he's created with his, <laughs> his, wife and his daughter and like she's speaking her truth that ended up being uh rebecca's truth with will because <laughs> I think so i was like yeah I think maybe in another world, Beatrice and Rebecca would be friends. <laughs> and the thing about it is, it, it seems like Rebecca was able to connect with most people. And I think she would see that she doesn't have a lot of uh, friendships, but, you know, she was making these friendly relationships with the plumber, the mechanic, this guy, that, like, in, like Peter, like she's able to make these really great connections. But for some reason, it, it it's not happening with her stepdaughters and maybe that's where she would expect it the most and so yeah. she might be turning well maybe things have been different with will well it would have been but maybe it's not exactly better 
well and then it was really weird so she invites will to meet the family in this sort of just dinner for the grown-ups and uh you have of course you have minfu with her baby and she's nursing the baby at the dinner table which i am i am very free and open about uh i'm a supporter (laughs) that's fine with me that was one of the weird things where i was like folks I don't think this is she's in she's just feeding her, her baby home. get over it <laughs> right baby needs to eat <laughs> right and but but like patch was really upset she's like uh why aren't you inviting me and then i like is like i am inviting you right now i'm inviting all of you <laughs> yeah patch was upset but it's like girl you have to wait for the phone call like you can only call one person at a time and right. maybe email wasn't really popular yet then, then you can just invite everyone at once yeah yeah and uh and there, she's kind of dismissive i think his patch is like what is this flight attendant casual sort of criticizing her clothes. oh yeah they i wrote that down too it's like um everyone asks what are you wearing like they're all on her case about what she's wearing like they that they had no concept that this woman has been a huge part of their life for years and that their dad has passed away years ago and that yeah. she is still a human being who has interests in relationships so that it's like how why would you ever wear anything different because she'd like to wear something different to go out on perhaps a date or to go out to dinner to a nice dinner and there's nothing wrong with it she doesn't have to wear an apron for everything like come on yeah yeah and uh but then will's even worse because she's like showing him photo albums and stuff like a normal human being would do and and he's like why are now you've got me in here looking at years of toasts and yeah that was rude what is wrong with you and so she dumps him he's gone thank goodness and (laughs) and she talks to zeb and he quotes george elliott and he was the best and and then we finally get to poppy's 100th birthday and i did really like poppy i like jack Blantz. He was so cute okay question did you notice i felt like his birthday sign said happy birthday poopy not poppy <laughs> <laughs> i didn't notice that i'll have to go back in youtube and see if i can't get a screen grab but i was like isn't it don't you spell poppy p-o-p-p <laughs> I was all thrown off in the birthday party, I have to say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, and also I should mention that the flashback sequences uh, are the young Rebecca is played by Hillary Danner, Blythe Danner's niece. So that's Oh, cool. cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's, that's why she looked so much like her. Yeah. Yeah, and uh so they they show this uh little film strip thing uh of the life of poppy and all these home movies and stuff and and she's never in the in the movies and uh and that that does actually it, it doesn't necessarily ring true that she'd never be in the mo- movies but one thing that's definitely true in my family yeah. is that if you look back through family photos <laughs> yeah so many of the pictures my mom looks kind of exhausted and but when you think <laughs> about it she was putting on they were taken at big family gatherings where my mom was probably cooking for 20 more people yeah you know once well, everybody thing, gets like, there i, guess, I don't what? remember if it was her or Zeb that was like well i was probably planning or you know yeah hosting or whatever so she feels kind of sad like oh, i don't even exist in this family like i'm not even in the, any of the video and so she's feeling kind of sad 
and uh the um uh and then i think it's zeb who says yeah your true life is the one you end up with whatever it may be you just do the best you can with what you got and i think that's true i do think i i I like what he says there but i also think like you know what she's sort of going through is thinking about a decision making process like the decisions that she made and I think she's questioning it and it's like, but this is the life you're in. And that's, I think what Zeb has said. And I think that's a really great quote, but we also do actively participate in our own lives. So we do make decisions along the way. And so the one thing I don't like about that quote is that there might be some inherent passiveness. Like we just sit around and wait mm-hmm. for life to happen. Life does happen, <laughs> but we also are a player in that movie as well you know what i mean yeah yeah so i i do like the quote if you think about that she has been actively part of her life um because Mm -hmm. i think like if we do want to change something even if it's like i want to walk more i don't know like we make those choices right it's not just like life is like all of a sudden we're walking like we have to make that decision and so i think i mean that's what's interesting too is that so nono complains to barry her husband says about uh that she's that she's only in this only in this marriage for being useful that you only married me to take care of your son kind of a thing and and he says to her he says don't you think we partly love people for their usefulness and i think there is some truth to that that yeah that the work that we do for each other is a sign of our love yeah and and and, you know somebody like nono probably wouldn't understand that because she takes everyone for granted in her life yeah (laughs) and then you have in the same scene you have minfu complaining about hakeem and patch (laughs) going to a marriage counselor and and then this is when you find out that troy is gay of troy it's like oh my gosh but, but yeah you're right i mean it, cause that's the thing with life like it's a combination of you making your own choices and also mm-hmm. how other people's choices impact your choices exactly <laughs> and you just kind of have to and i mean the, there's also a lot of factors that impact the, your choices as well because when Bly danner when rebecca and joe got married that is a different time than when these kids are getting married yeah and so for example it's like you know, if you get married and it's the fifties, that is different than getting married in the two thousands in terms of how yeah. your role in the house and in the family impact decisions that you're being made. And so, but that can also carry over generationally. And it's like, but I mean, I think we would think less now of saying like, Oh, we only got married for this person to take care of your son. I think that seems like i mean here's the thing anything can happen but i don't think that is the key influencing factor of marriage in 2004 2019 Mm -hmm. right could potentially be when you have a divorced parent in the 50s but i think though in any flashback joe and rebecca seem to be happy yeah so But I mean, these are questions that we have. Like we, I think because we only get one life, we can't go to the past. We can't go to the future, unfortunately, that as we live life, we question a lot of things and that's where we reflect and that's where we either develop um, 
an understanding of that journey, gratefulness, uh, or wanting to change, whatever it might be. Like, I think that's just a human, we all do it. Right. And so I think though that no, no, and some of the other kids might need to really go talk to a therapist. Yeah, I think so. But it was interesting because this is the part that really did kind of remind me of my grandma. So the end of the movie is Peter and Rebecca sitting down and Peter's the only one that notices that she isn't in the video. And he asks her about it. And she says, I guess I was just busy planning something. And that was, like I said, my grandma was always wanted to make things beautiful and cute and fun and make everybody, uh, and just, it's interesting because, you know, she was a very, she was a, a, an affluent person as far as her situation, but like at the funeral, everybody just had all of these experiences and memories and, uh, where for my grandfather, who was a hard person to love uh a lot of the memories were kind of tied to something he had like he paid for so-and-so school or he'd been a blessing yeah. and, and that's great and that's valuable um but i don't know i just thought the real contrast between just the people felt such a closeness to my grandma and just felt yeah. like she was their advocate and their best friend like people yeah. every single grandchild felt like they were the best grandchild to her and that we were her best friend and she just had that gift and i felt like this moment between between peter and rebecca felt one of the most emotionally true moments i think of the movie yeah that and i think the other scene with peter and rebecca well actually there's three scenes in particular the one that you're mentioning the other one is when she has them over and they play scrabble yeah she's talking about like why am I even planning this hundredth birthday party for Poppy's? Not even going to remember it later. And Peter says, because maybe he'll enjoy it while it's happening, even right. if he doesn't remember it later. And I was like, this kid is wiser than anyone else in the movie. <laughs> and then the other scene is when he invites her to the grandparents' event. And she goes, yeah. and he has some like science project or something like that. And he's like, don't you want to go look at the other projects? And she's like no, I'd like to stay here and admire this one. And he's so happy and proud that she's there and is so genuinely pleased with his project. And she goes back and tells Nana, he's brilliant. And she just complains, <laughs> of course. But I feel like he knows in that moment that this person is 100% there for them and cares about what they're doing and appreciates it. And I don't think he's getting that from his dad or his stepmom. Yeah. So, so the movie basically ends in a spot where I think that Rebecca's in a happy, content, I would say content spot yeah. with her life. And hopefully she ends up marrying Zeb. <laughs> Green. Can we get a sequel where it's just uh, Rebecca and Zeb? Thank you. Yes. It only has to be a one minute update in between yeah. other movies, but, you know, we still appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> So there we go. I think we've basically covered the whole movie. Yeah. So back when we were were grown ups, uh, it you know it's interesting. It's a, it was a unique film, and so I'm glad I saw it. Uh, like I said, it was kind of uneven, but yeah. But uh, but yeah, they they had its moments, and Black Dinner was great. So, uh, so there you go. I'd probably give it mm, three crowns out of five. 
Hoy. Um, can I give it a lower score because I just didn't like some of the characters? No, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with two and a half crowns. Yeah, I get it. I, yeah. Will, I, daughter, I they all need to get it together. Yeah. <laughs> Reflective. Be grateful. Say thank you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Beatrice. That's what I Rebecca and Zeb never change. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so there you go. If any of you listening have seen this movie, and it is available on Hallmark Movies Now, if you guys have the app, uh, then you can watch it. It's also easily available other places. <laughs> um, so if you have it, uh, if you've seen it, uh, let, let us know what you think. Uh, if you liked it, if you didn't like it, where what are your different thoughts and just some of the topics that we talked about you don't even need to have seen the movie to kind of talk about <laughs> yeah if you if you're a step parent and you can relate to some of the things yeah. uh that would be really interesting uh, to share your thoughts in the comments or on twitter we'd yeah, love share to hear your experiences because yeah. like neither of us are step parents no so. and i i never had a step parent growing up either so i i I, I can't but anyway if you have any thoughts on what we talked about then let us know that would be great and the current plan for next month for on friendship is to cover the uh, we're going lighter and fluffier we're going to talk about the uh, we're going to talk about a country wedding which is all about your classic story of two friends who uh <laughs> who are are so close and then one of them goes off and becomes a famous country music singer so it happens all, right. all the time <laughs> yes i wasn't sure where this is going but i like the sound of it <laughs> yeah it's really good so there you go we're gonna talk about a country wedding next month it's gonna be great and uh, if you have any ideas for what we could talk about uh for on friendship let us know we'd love to hear and so Lisa, where can people find you? Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and bestforeverspod at gmail.com. I'm at elisalucas.com, but that website is still under construction, so don't mind the dust, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, on iTunes, Rotten Tomatoes, all over the place on YouTube, and I have family movie night uh, that I have every Monday night, and so I'd love for y'all to check that out. And uh, make sure you're following the podcast at Homeworkies Pod, at Homeworkies Podcast, all of our social media on iTunes and YouTube. If you're listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. If you're listening on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel, give us a thumbs up. We really appreciate all of your support. And again, let us know your comments and thoughts. We really appreciate that. We have our patron group, which is so much fun. Uh, for $5 a month, you can be part of our special Facebook patron group. And uh, thanks so much. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you all later. Bye. This podcast was brought to you by Hallmarkies for Hallmarkies. For more information about how you can leave your mark on Hallmarkies, visit hallmarkiespodcast.com. Link in the description.